the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with the indicas.com. My name is Abhishek and uh, this issue's cover is on one of the superstars of the organized retail world. The cover story does talk about a few statistics as to how valuable the company is as compared to any of its nearest competitors. To talk more about his cover on the other line is uh, Forbes India's Samar Srivastava. Hi Samar, thanks for joining in. Hi Abhishek, thank you for having me. Before we get into the cover story and uh, take us through a little bit of history how far back does this firm go sure so dmart was started in 2002 by mr radhakrishnan damani who is a well known uh, stock market investor let's rewind to the period even before 2002 and in 1995 he started the apna bazar chain of stores now apna bazar is is a franchise based chain and he taken up two franchises and he said that let me use this to experiment and to understand what works in retail and what doesn't work and so he was very hands on he keeps saying that in retail everything is science but what customers want and what they don't want is the art bit for example you could have 10 types of soap but to know how much of which soap to stock you could have things like general merchandise i mean it could be things as simple as towels and bed sheets and cups and saucers but to figure out at what price point that they sell like a customer might want a 200 rupee towel and not a 500 rupee towel things like that you know look everybody can get the science right through excel sheets and through meticulous planning but it's very difficult to get the art right so the period between 95 and 2002 was spent by him understanding retail and by 2002 he then started dmart as a single store operation in pawai he got off to a very slow start slow ramp up he spent time getting each store profitable right and and this is quite opposite to what a few other big uh, marquee players did their strategy was to expand rapidly uh, get get as much as consumers as possible and then think about profits but he went for profits over scalability would that be a right thing to say that's absolutely correct every virtually every other retail chain that started focused on scale first and did not focus on understanding what the customer wanted they thought that if you got scale and if you managed to grab as large of a pie as possible you would then eventually be profitable somewhere down the line but looking back 15 years later we know that that wasn't the right strategy because a lot of them have shut shop and even those that are still open are far far less profitable than dmart and there has been a fair amount of as a result of which there's been a fair amount of consolidation in the sector how does dmart manage uh, to provide the best price uh, the aesthetics might not be as beautiful as let's say other competitors when you go to a dmart store where you do have the odd rava or the maida which is strewn around on the floor people are frantically trying to restock things and and then their racks go right up to the ceiling so it might not mm-hmm. look pretty but in the end the queue for the checkout is about 20 25 minutes which which means it's quite successful so how do they right. keep the prices so low how do they manage to do that right so unlike other retailers dmart's entire operation is focused only on keeping prices low and offering low prices every single day they do this in a variety of ways one of the ways is by paying suppliers quicker so what they say is that in exchange for the 45 to 60 days that somebody else may pay you at we'll pay you within 8 days but we want a hefty cash discount up front this cash discount is then passed on to customers other ways in which they do this is not all of the employees are on their rolls a lot of them like the checkout staff etc contract employees some people have even told me that they 
you know, they don't turn the air conditioning very low. It's at it's at 23 or 24 degrees as opposed to maybe a 20 degrees at other retailers. So there's a variety of ways in which they keep costs low. Everything is focused on offering the customer a low price. What are some of the other challenges that uh, players usually face? And for DMART, it's their way of doing things. Those challenges do not relevant to them as such. Like working capital, if, if for example. So DMART's days of sales of inventory, which is a which is a key metric in the retail business, is much lower than its competitors. So DMART's is about 25 days. Walmart's global average is about 32 days, and Future Retails is about 80 days. Now, what this means is that from the time DMART has paid for the goods till the time it's received money from the customer is only 25 days, and this is a key metric. So the shorter this cycle is, the lesser working capital needs to be blocked because once you've bought the goods and before you sold them to the customers, your money that's really invested in the business. The shorter that measure, the more efficient the retailer. And because DMART has the shortest measure in India, it is the most efficient Indian retailer. It's as simple as right, that. Right. For the last couple of ones, uh, Summer, is e-commerce. It's just something that I have to ask. How do they view e-commerce? Uh, and here I'm talking about not just grofers and big baskets, but also these organized retailers who are now trying to you know, sell via uh, online and in DMART, there is absolutely no perception of it being online in any way, even if they are, if they are trying in a small way. So how do they look at e-commerce? So DMART is cognizant of the e-commerce threat, but I think they are also very clear that as of now, the e-commerce threat in India is not as big as it's made out to be. All the e-commerce players that supply groceries at your home are actually losing a lot of money. And it could be either through an inefficient business model or the fact that they have had to provide a lot of discounts to retail customers. It could be for any reason. They have launched something called DMART Ready. Now, DMART Ready is essentially a 200, 200, 250 square foot hole in the wall where you order your goods online and they are delivered to the store, to this hole in the wall for want of a better word in your neighborhood and you have to go and then pick it up from there so what this what this does is that they don't have to bother about having it delivered to your home because they believe that is a money losing proposition with the discounts they offer but you still get the same discounts that you would get at a dmart store and they're very clear in fact neville narona who's the ceo is very clear that um, starting a home delivery business is the fastest way to the graveyard so he's pretty clear he doesn't want to do that and as of now the uh, online threat is not as large as it's made out. You also quote Neville Narona in the piece and he's saying that I've learned that big ideas don't work uh, and that yeah. he is he prefers uh, what he calls relentlessly pursuing small incremental improvements. Can you illustrate that with a couple of examples because this is belies the way other retailers work. Right, so his, his short point was that retail is a business where you need to keep pursuing incremental improvements and if you look for one big idea and say that I'm going to run my retail chain on this idea that's not what's going to work he spoke about large foreign retailers that came to India and uh, they said that look we, we have this one big idea and we'll do an okay job of execution and we'll make our business work in India India doesn't work like that you need to relentlessly pursue small incremental improvements and these improvements could come about in any aspect of your business you just have to keep your eyes and ears open and see over a period of time what works but he was very clear that this is not a profession where you need that one big idea and you know your business then works around that this is not how it works you need 
you need to just you know start something and do a very good job of executing it now that the company is listed you know shareholders will have certain demands and there'll be the quarter to meet how is the team approaching it demands listing 7 months ago in march was a stellar listing the stock doubled on listing day and it was from that point on a very expensive stock to buy now having said that the reason why it has almost doubled since then so it doubled on listing day and it's almost doubled after that again so it's uh, it's it's a little under four times its offer price is is because people believe that it can continue to post something like a 30 40% growth in top line and a similar growth in the bottom line for some time to come the management is very clear that the expectations are high but they are also clear that they are now confident that the model is strong enough to be scaled across india initially they had scaled up only in maharashtra and gujarat which are two states in western india um and they're not gone to other states they've since then gone to seven states and they now believe that the model can be scaled across india but having said that neville, neville who holds a 2 plus percent stake in the company also says that you know he is a little uncomfortable with the rising valuations because he keeps saying that look it's not the valuation that drives us so we don't give out forecasts that hey we'd open so many stores and our top line will grow so much it's not the valuation that drives us it's the business that drives us and as long as the business is doing well we will continue to expand i would say that they are a little uncomfortable with the rising valuations but i think that uh, the market also knows that or when you find a winner or you find a winning stock it's best to back it right not many firms in this industry can boast about profits and they have been posting it consistently we hope to hear more about this firm summer from uh, if if you mm-hmm. do some follow up stories i hope so too thank you thank you summer thank you very much avishek All you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on iTunes and to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription message forbes to 51818